Hi everybody, I'm Roxy. And I'm Priska. And we are the two Harney Girls. Just two horny goats climbing the mountain of life, eating Asian American stereotypes for breakfast. Oh, we switched. <laughs> That's oh, fine. we're flipping things around. We you don't switched. know what to expect. Oh, you don't know what's going on. Yeah. Oh, you don't know what's going on. Oh, you thought you know what was going on. You don't know what's going on. What's going on? Welcome back to season two, episode seven already. Wow, seven. Lucky number seven. Lucky I'm number like, seven. Should we go to Vegas? We should totally go to Vegas. Oh my god, yes. like. Oh. But also, will all the crowds give you anxiety? So much anxiety. I'm not ready to go to Vegas. <laughs> Can't even do it yet. I would have to go in, like, one of those um, clear bubbles. You yes. know what I mean? Like, bounce, bounce, <laughs> bounce, bounce. And you, like, spin. But then you have a picture to yourself, and it just gets, you know, doused all over yes. you because of the hamster wheel. Oh, it's a hamster <laughs> wheel. That's right. We, we need one of those, like, what do you call them? Those, like, big daddy things? Yes. The fruit oh, uh, smoothies. Fat with Tuesdays. The fat Tuesdays. We got to get the Fat Tuesdays. Everclear. <laughs> Oh my God, so much Everclear, so much drunk. <laughs> Those were the days. Those were the days. And then you vomit inside your hamster wheel. Well, that's just common sense. That's just good practice. You that know is I mean? Vegas. Yeah, that is Vegas. I mean, what is different about that from the Vegas that we experienced when we were young? You know what I'm saying? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. But we will talk about something very special. This is a two-part, the second part of our two-part series of that's right. interviewing our dads. That's right. This week's episode is a continuation of our dad series. And so interviewing our dads has been such an immense privilege, and we hope you enjoy hearing them as much as we enjoy recording them. Uh, And last week, so we heard an intimate interview with Roxy and her dad, and if you haven't heard that episode yet, no worries. It's going to be in your feed. You can go back to that last episode. Um, You can finish this one and go back to it, or, you know, whichever. Switch it up. Make it fun. (laughs) Maybe listen to 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there, whatever you want to do. But both of these are really, really exciting episodes. Yes, and I'm so excited to, on behalf of two horny goats introduce this episode of Prisca's interview with her dad Timothy Liang I've always been a huge fan of your dad because every time I've met him (laughs) he's just been this super warm gentle person like granted I'll be honest never exchanged more than a few words with him no just smiles just smiles but he is just this beautiful ray of light and I've learned so much through this interview that you've had with him and like being able to hear your father's journey and how you interviewed him through his words and how incredible he is mm. like i am just so i know we, we're going to be debriefing this at the end of it but um i just want to say that i've been so touched to also hear your relationship with him mm. because it's so intimate yeah and it's so clear he loves you and your sister so much i know i couldn't get him to say anything bad about us <laughs> my three lovely daughters <laughs> and i'm like dad give me the tea you brainwashed <laughs> You did it. Uh, it, Me or was it my mother? (laughs) (laughs) Either way, you're wrapped around his little. Wait, he's wrapped around your little. I mean, yeah, I do. Who's is wrapped around who? Who knows? (laughs) I know. I'm definitely a daddy's girl. So am um, I. Which yeah, I know is like kind of a misogynistic like term, but like we are very close to our dads. Like you know, when I was really young, I broke my leg, and I would basically I would cry if anyone except my dad was in the room with me. Um, And on top of that, he had to like i broke my femur bone so he had to like rub my leg at night so i could sleep because you know you your leg cramps it's painful your bones are growing and <laughs> not a really fun experience so he would like have his hand like rubbing my leg the whole night and if he stopped i would scream cry 
and then he would have to keep going. Wow. Yeah. There's a very interesting relationship between fathers and daughters and moms and sons. Yeah. There's something very interesting there that we'll probably pick apart in the future episode. Yeah. But in, uh, you were saying that the term might sound a little misogynistic, but in Chinese yeah. culture, it definitely isn't. It doesn't, huh? They yeah. have this saying that say, which is your daughter. And this is not in any way weird in our yeah. culture, all right? It means that your daughter is your previous life's lover. Oh, so wow. for a dad, that's why there's such a tender relationship between a father and daughter yeah. because it's that intimate. Right. So um, I think that's really, really freaking sweet. And without any further ado, <laughs> because I know that uh, we tend to, you know, go into us. We talk about a lot of different things, <laughs> but I just can't wait for you all to hear this. So without any further ado, may I present Priska and her father. Priska, take it away. Once, a lady from church told me my dad was her favorite speaker. I looked at her confused. In the group of pastor's kids I hung out with, most of their dads were being invited to speak in front of thousands of people. Their churches were growing so quickly they couldn't buy pews fast enough to seat them. In our network of small Taiwanese churches, the pastors with great charisma and verve were popular and in high demand. My dad wasn't quite that. He was quiet, shy even. After sermons, you wouldn't find him surrounded by a group of adoring congregants ready to pick his brain, but off to the side. Stacking folding chairs, mopping floors, painting over graffiti. Seeing the quizzical look on my face, the lady continued, I like your dad because he's so sincere. He's not showy and he speaks from the heart. He's not in it for the glory. He's not in it for the glory. As a 15-year-old, I scarcely understood what that meant. At 32, I'm still learning what that means. Nonetheless, I think it perfectly encapsulates who my dad is to his community. He shows up. He's kind. And he's not in it for personal glory. I'm so excited to share this conversation I recorded with my dad a few weeks ago over Zoom. I'm glad you all have the chance to get to know him more. I'm glad I got to know him more too. <laughs> okay, we'll figure it out. Awesome, Daddy. Um, okay, let's get started. All right, um, two horny goats. I just want to introduce everybody to my dad, Timothy Liang. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I'm very happy to be here. I'm very happy to have you. Where are you right now? In my office. What's right behind you right now in your office? Uh, it's a photo. Uh huh. And uh, with my three lovely. Daughters. Oh my goodness! What are their names? On the big tree. <laughs> <laughs> Is that in Santa Monica? Uh, yes, Santa Monica Beach. Yeah. Why were we in Santa Monica? We just uh, took a walk, mm. and uh, it's very nice in the morning. We used to live out there, right? Yes. Did you do you miss Santa Monica? Uh, not that much. <laughs> <laughs> I heard um, last time you and mom came to Venice, you guys got stuck in traffic, right? On right. Uh, Washington? Yes. Uh, how, you were just like, why do people live here? <laughs> the, the, Too crowded. Too crowded. Um, so where do you and mom live now? Uh, we live in Walnut. Yeah. 
City of One. Do you like it? Yeah. Do you like it? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Very it's nice comfortable. city. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, Dad, um, one of my favorite dishes that you make is when you make Thanksgiving turkey, and instead of putting regular stuffing, like American style, you put um, yo fen, or like gluttonous rice, on the inside. And every time I ask you, like, you know, Dad, what, what's your recipe? How do you do it? You just smile, and you're like, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. but that's my favorite dish. Mm, I'm glad you like it. So this is my dad. To tell you that he's sweet would be a vast understatement. During my junior year in college, I went home for Thanksgiving, and because another family was making the turkey for the church gathering, my dad decided not to make his famous turkey with yofan stuffing. I was visibly distraught. All year long, I look forward to eating my favorite dish of all time. I firmly believe that yofan stuffing or gluttonous rice stuffing is simply superior to regular American stuffing. I'm biased, but this is a hill I'm willing to die on. When I woke up the next morning, dad was nowhere to be found. I asked my mom where he was, and with less than a subtle eye roll, she said that my dad... I went out to the market, and then I bought a turkey. <laughs> that was nice. That's right. He went out to the market, bought a turkey and all the fixings, and came home and made a delicious turkey with, you guessed it, yo fan stuffing. That's my dad. Another time when I was a broke college student, I scraped together $7 to fill up on enough gas to go home for the weekend. When I got in my car to return back to school, I saw to my surprise that my gas tank was full. My dad had filled my tank without saying a word. So I'm wondering, because that's my favorite dish. That's like my favorite thing to eat any time of year. I'll eat, I'll eat your turkey with the stuffing. What's your favorite dish to eat? My favorite dish? Yeah, Oh, my mom used to have like a stir fry, you know, uh, all different kinds of stir fry, vegetables, meat together. So I, I think that was the best food. <laughs> Nanai was like the best cook, right? Right, right. Did you learn to cook from her? Uh, some part of that, mm. maybe some idea, but yeah. it's not. I don't like a follow recipe or anything. <laughs> Just yeah. <laughs> Just the concept, you know, yeah. and the, the way she's doing things. Mm. Yeah, every time, uh, like in the morning, mm. she will cook the whole meal. Uh, and then we, we ate and then we pack our lunch. And then during the evening, uh, again, it's like a, a whole meal. Mm -hmm. uh, so at that time, we don't uh, very rarely use the like a refrigerator you know oh really yeah because uh, early stage the refrigerator is very old style people deliver like ice, ice yeah and then we put on the top you oh, know so yeah. it's, it's not like a real refrigerator is that why you're so good at finishing everyone's food <laughs> well yeah maybe <laughs> it was like out of necessity right yeah yeah do you remember seeing your very first television? Yeah, that was in like uh, maybe fifth grade, mm -hmm. fourth or fifth grade. Yeah. Who had a TV? Uh, one family uh, on the street, and you know, <laughs> we live in a village. Mm. So every time we passing by uh, after school, a lot yeah. of kids will just gather together in front of the front door you know oh. <laughs> he will leave the door open and then with yeah. a screen 
So we just uh, just pack over there and then watch TV. Oh, wow. <laughs> what, do you remember what you would watch? Like what was even on TV? It was like two channels, right? Uh, I think three channels. And mm-hmm. I think our favorite is uh, there's a show you know, from America. It's some, uh-huh. uh, it's a spaceship and then Ooh. all different kind of, uh, you know, uh, war machines. Yeah. Could you imagine then? what TVs would look like, like, 50 years from then? Um, no. Because right right now, how big is the monitor you're using in front of you? I think it's a 40-inch monitor. 40-inch. Could you imagine just using a TV just for computer? Oh, you, I mean, could you even imagine a computer? Not really. <laughs> Not really, right? <laughs> um, okay, so you were saying that was in your village. Can you tell me what the name of your village was and um, what part of Taiwan was it in? It's it's close to central part of Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the village, Zhongxin village. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's most is like a, a provincial government mm. in that city, in that village. So it's specially created for the provincial government oh yeah what's what's a provincial government it's like a taiwan at that time you know taiwan is uh, like a province mm. so there's a provincial government oh i see you know a couple of years ago i visited nanto and yeah, it's nanto. Um, yeah, that's yeah. In the nanto. yeah so before that you would tell me so many stories of you. You were like, I would ride my bike up these mountains and go on these crazy hikes. And I was like, okay, dad, sure. You know, I was like, okay, like, I'm sure it was really tough. And then when I got there, I realized, oh my goodness, I saw like, I don't know, it was maybe at like a 45 degree incline and people were just riding at one mile per hour on their bikes up these mountains. And I was like, oh, dad was being honest. <laughs> I, I didn't know. So what was like a really memorable trip that you took backpacking around the Taiwanese countryside? I used to bike a lot, especially yeah. during my college years. So yeah. like uh, surrounding the whole Taiwan and across <laughs> the central mountains. I wow. think the uh, most dangerous is cross the central mountains because the height is over 3,000 meters. Wow. <laughs> uh, and we, we only have like a very, you know, old style bike. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, no gear. And, uh, no it's gears? Just, uh, <laughs> yeah, just a very old style. And oh my we, gosh. We need to carry tent, you know, oh, because wow. we stay outside and also some cooking stuff. Oh, you know. wow. How heavy was your pack maybe? like? Uh, it's very heavy. So wow. a lot of time we just have to push the bike. You know, you cannot, no way, oh it's too gosh. steep. <laughs> yeah, too steep, too steep. Yeah. Did you ever um get into any like dangerous situations, like almost fall off the side of the mountain or? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's actually, look back, it's, it was very dangerous. You, know, because you probably the wouldn't let me go, right? It's very fast, you know, oh. and uh, it's, uh, the road is cliff, few hundred meters probably, you know. The, yeah. You know, so it's yeah. actually it's pretty dangerous. And one but time fun. <laughs> <laughs> during the uh, trip to Thousand mm-hmm. Part, uh, also in the like a mountain road, I, I fell off and then <gasps> uh, off the cliff. <laughs> oh my the fortunate gosh. Fell on a tree, you know. 
Oh, 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 okay. Down Otherwise, so, we would not be having this conversation. Yes. I was injured, <laughs> but, you know, survived. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I, uh, from the tree and it fell to the ground, I look up and my bike, you know, fell. Wow. <laughs> I've heard bits and pieces of these wild mountain man stories my whole life. I had often seen this boy in my mind, but he was always covered by an incessant gauze. It's hard for me to connect this mountain man with the dad I grew up with. We hardly went hiking, much less camping or mountain biking. I wonder when and why his need for outdoor adventures diminished. I love hearing the boyish joy in his voice, his brave, uncontainable exuberance for venturing out into uncharted terrain. As he continued telling stories, I found myself lulled into the lush Taiwanese mountains. The images I held in my mind began to come alive. So, okay, going back to like your, your village growing up, where did you live? So I know that Ye Ye, what did he do? He was postmaster? Yeah, he was a postmaster. Okay. So uh, most of the time we live on the top of the post office, the yeah. second floor of the post office. Wow. What was that like? Was it noisy all the time? Were there a lot of hustling and bustling downstairs? Uh, no, actually, it was like a, because the post office was pretty big. You know, okay. that's the yeah. only post office in the village. Oh wow! Uh, and so, like uh, our family room or living room can host uh, like uh, my whole class. So you were living like in a big space. Big space, yeah. Did you have your own room? Me and my brother, my oh, younger okay. brother, yeah. You guys shared? We share a room, yes. Was it a bunk bed or was it just like a side bunk by bed. side? I was on the top. <laughs> okay, okay. And I have a stick. So every night <laughs> I will read on top and then uh -huh. I use that to turn off the light. Turn you know? off the light. <laughs> Is, was that your first like invention? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what did Nanai do? Uh, initially, she like uh, sewing clothes. Uh, she she was a tailor. She oh. learned herself to be like a tailor. You know. Wow. Uh, she's she was very talented. You know, she can create all different kind of style of closes you know so usually during the chinese new year before the new year mm. usually we went to the big market uh big city you know taichung mm. and then on the street and then we we shop around but not buying we just yeah. say oh which one you like which coat you like you know oh, what wow. kind of style you like yeah and my mom just buy you know clothes fabric. yeah fabric and then went home she will just make what yeah <laughs> oh my god. For gosh. my sisters and everyone. So so she's very talented and also knitting, you know. She's she was really special. She was a really special lady, huh? Yeah. And when we grew to like my age is like uh, uh third or fourth years mm. of elementary school, she started to looking for a job, you know. Oh government okay. job. But she only her degree only have like elementary, right? Degree. So uh, no credential to get into the formal job. So she's oh. like a, have a temporary, very low level. You know, Got it's it. not like a formal. So after seven years, she thought it's not the way to go. You mm. know, if we continue like this 
forever you are not a formal employee you are just temporary yeah. you know yeah uh, so she start to read some books you know study by herself so wow. finally she got a high school degree and then wow. also college degree really <laughs> yeah From what then, college Okay, that kind of college is like uh, you 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 pass in the examination. Oh, oh okay. To get a like qualification. Like occupational college. Yeah. Okay, got it. Got and it. then pass in different kind of uh, you know government certification. Test. Got it. Okay. So wow. it's like uh, uh, she got into government job and very good because uh, most of the college graduates cannot pass yeah. those kind of examination and she oh, passed. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and she studied while having five kids running around, yeah. while cooking three meals a day, two meals a day. Yeah. Uh, usually she got up like uh, four o'clock and then read books, you know, yeah. study by herself. And uh, when we got up and she need to, you know, do all kind of her work routine and then went to her office, she still have job, you know. Was there ever like a piece of advice that Nai Nai gave you that still sticks with you that you still hold on to? Or is it just that she modeled that for you? I think uh, her model, you know, mm. uh, like uh, doing things thoroughly and yeah. diligently. So I think that's uh, influences like forever, you know. <laughs> yeah. You don't yeah. give up. You just continue, you know, you want to yeah. do something. Uh, because for her, some tests is like uh, you need to pass seven, eight, nine, like a uh, courses. It's all college degree, you know. Wow. So she need to study and study, you know, gradually wow. passing off them and then get a degree. You know. It's funny that you say that because you've been my model of working hard. You know, every morning you get up what like four thirty, four forty five, and you either go to the gym and then you kind of work and then you cook for the whole household and then you work until lunch and then you cook another meal and then you take a nap and then you get up and you work a little more and then you cook dinner and then you work a little more and then you go to bed at like nine o'clock right like that's your daily schedule yeah not including you know <laughs> meetings and stuff right but I just remember when I was little like my bedroom was your office for a couple of years do you remember that Yes. Mm -hmm. And then I remember my favorite sound was if you were typing at the keyboard, um, I would fall asleep so much easier just because it, it was like I knew you were awake and I knew you were there and next to me. Um, and so that was always really important to me. Because usually I only need like a five hours sleep every yeah. day. So probably it's not like a nine o'clock usually like after 11 something yeah you know, so especially back then yeah you you barely you really didn't sleep very much at all <laughs> so okay so we're hearing about nine nine but from what i remember you telling me yeah yeah because you were the oldest son right right so yeah yeah was he pretty hard on you yes he's kind of you know very strict when he taught me how to write using brush Maobi, and uh, the whole night she was doing his things, his, yeah. you know, reading his uh, books or paper, newspaper, whatever. Yeah. And then 
when he turned and then he saw me, if I not doing right, uh-huh. you know, or not doing a good job, yeah. he will just uh, hit my head, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 or yeah. like, oh my God. Like he didn't hit you with objects, just with his hand. Yes. At that time, the way he taught, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's, uh, it's not like encourage you, you know, it's mm-hmm. always, you should do this right, this or that, you know? Yeah. Well, I guess my question for you too is like, how did you end up being such a cheerful person? Because I think a lot of people that grow up with a parent that's really strict or, or, or you know, kind of more harsh, um, puts more pressure on them, they, they become more serious. But you, you continue to be like such a happy, cheerful person, you know? So how did you kind of balance that? Probably, you know went through that i probably i don't you know i didn't like it or Mm. you know (laughs) i think it's not a good way of you know (laughs) to teach your kids when we during the dinner time Mm -hmm. i cannot put my bowl on the table you know i have to hold it you know that's a lot of rules like manners even just uh, for uh eating together no meal so you have to follow strictly For me, this is the genesis of who my father is, his origin story. You might have noticed I didn't know how to react to hearing that my grandfather hit my father. I laugh awkwardly and immediately try to make light of it. It took a moment to sink in because it's hard as a granddaughter to grapple with the fact that my sweet, docile, though stubborn grandfather had a temper. I was spared from a continued cycle because of a decision my father made. He wanted things to be different. Kind of seeing Nai Nai that modeled something very important for you and with Ye Ye. Obviously, you loved him, but it was a more distant, strict relationship. When we were young, yeah, I think like my sister, they, they mentioned later on, yeah. When they saw my dad sitting over there, yeah. they, they are not there to just walk close by. They oh. will just, uh, you know, find another Make route a wide to berth. Yeah. <laughs> bypass him, you know. Yeah. That's how they were very, you know, kind of afraid of him, you know. But for me, I think I, you know, as a boy, you know, yeah. I sometimes make some mistakes or yeah. uh, broke some things, you know. Yeah. And that's a huge punishment. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's crazy, too, because, you know, all I know is like, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know him as your dad. So, you know, he for his grandkids, he softened up a lot. So did you see him kind of change after he came to America? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was that weird? No, I think when he get older and older, yeah. Uh, his uh, temper changed, uh, his, you know, yeah. uh, his uh, attitude to different things changed. Yeah. Yeah. Got you. So, Dad, what were you like in junior high? I feel like every time you talk about your childhood, I always hear about, like, your junior high days where you were climbing walls or, like, walking on the sides of bridges and stuff like that. What, what kind of kid were you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was... Uh, People call me like my mom. My yeah. you know, people know me. 
Your uh, nickname? Is, I, I cannot sit tight, you know, uh-huh. uh, for a long time. Uh, just, you know, always move around. Yeah. So, so it's like a hard time to really study or something uh-huh. <laughs> at that time. So yeah. I like, uh, you know, all different kinds of activities, you know. So most of the days after school and when I came back to home, I, I would just right away go out, mm. go to the mountains, you know. Mm. Because Just like run the for the mountains. Next to our house, not far, you know, there's mm. uh, mountains. So I can, oh. it's not like high mountains, but, uh, you know, it's like a rural area with, uh, you know, hills and uh, yeah. trees. So I always, you know, go into there. Yeah. And uh, at that time, uh, going to the senior high school, we have uh, entrance ex- examinations. Uh-huh. And those are hard, right? Yeah, it was pretty hard. When I was in the like uh, the last year of my junior high school, mm-hmm. I didn't study much, you know. Mm. So my dad, he was very worried, you know, mm. because my grade, everything, you know, it's not likely I can get into a good high school. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. he asked me, what do you want? You know, mm-hmm. uh, he will give to me, you know. Once you oh. get the first, you know, Number one? Number one school, you know. Oh, wow. So I I told him I like to have a, a BB gun, you know. <laughs> <laughs> at that time, it's uh, illegal to to own a BB gun. Oh, my know, goodness. Even BB gun. Yeah. yeah, it's it's very strict. Uh, he wow. said, yes, no problem. You know. So that's how I start to study for <laughs> a few months. And then uh, I got very good grade. <laughs> I got the first wow. best school. So my dad took me to a, a big city, you know, yeah. find, uh, we call it like a black shop, you know, black market, black shop. Oh my gosh, I never <laughs> knew And then this. he bought a BB gun wow. and we took home. So after that, uh, when I have a chance, I will take my BB gun and then went to the mountain. You know? Wow. <laughs> would you catch things to eat? Birds. Birds. You would eat them? Yes. Were they delicious? Well, it's okay. Like you'd bring <laughs> it back for Nanai and she would cook it? No, 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 no. Oh, you would just roast it over a campfire? Yeah. Oh my gosh, dad. That's amazing. <laughs> Not always some all like, how come growing up you never took us camping? Was it because mom didn't like it? Well, I don't know. Probably yeah. just, you know. Yeah. Mom, Mom's not really a camper kind yeah, of person. Yeah, yeah, she's not. Yeah. <laughs> she likes birds, but when there are feathers in her pillowcase. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Is it interesting that you and mom had such different upbringings? Because you were so rural and she was from, you know, Taipei. Yeah, we were very different, you know. Yeah. Uh, the brought up in different cities i was in village and she's in <laughs> taipei you know? yeah yeah i mean does that ever did that ever come up in your marriage like early on no 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 not it's really. fine yeah we yeah we're fine yeah because if anything it's just that she needs to be more a little more comfortable right and you're fine with a lot of things yeah 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 so that makes you very accommodating husband <laughs> That's true. (laughs) I mean, pretty easy, you know. There's a saying in our house that the bigger my mom's anger, the bigger my dad's smile gets. No matter how upset she gets at him, 
he stays calm, smiling widely, simply nodding his head in agreement. I've often seen the disarming effect my dad's complete lack of defensiveness can have on my mom. My mom is hyper-intelligent, but she can be exacting and, dare I say, critical. Mom, if you're listening, I love you. Even so, I've personally never seen him throw out a spiteful word or hurl a mean phrase towards her. Maybe that's the secret to their 36 years of happiness. So, okay, after junior high, you went to high school. You went to high school in Taizong, right? Taizong, right. Was that like the big city? Was that like culture shock for you or were you pretty used to it? I was uh, studying in Taizong when mm-hmm. I was in junior high. So every morning, like at six o'clock, we need to get ready to take the bus because the bus is so crowded. So usually we need to walk to the like a first station, you know, yeah, and then to in order to get on the bus, and then uh, went to the city, and then we need to walk another like a uh, twenty thirty minutes to school, you know. Wow, that's uh, that's uh, you know commute. Yeah, that's a big city, and then all the way from junior high to high school. Got it. So after that, after that, I went to university. Where'd you go to university? I said university in Tainan uh, okay. called Chengkong National University. Oh, I didn't realize you lived in Tainan. Yeah, yeah. That's a uh, recently, you know, all the big companies they select which school you like the most, uh, the student graduate from yeah. which college, which university. And uh, our school is the number one wow. in Taiwan. Yeah. <laughs> That's cr- Do you agree with that? Was it a very, like, a nice school to be at? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a nice school. And it's a school most favorable to all the, you know, big companies. Because oh, uh, got it. Um, at that time, in Taiwan, like Taiwan University, most of their training is geared to further study to overseas. Everything is prepare them to have a further study. But our school is like uh, train people to become like an engineer, you know. Oh, uh, so okay. it's a little bit different. Yeah. Got it. So when you were in Tainan, did you eat a lot of seafood? Yes. Was it very good? Yes. Yes. <laughs> a lot of street food. Yeah. Street food. Good. Okay. Not seafood. Street food. Street food, including seafood. So that, that Okay. <laughs> What was like the most popular student spot to go eat? Uh, like a, there's a different uh, street food area. Okay. So like uh, okay. outside our university and mm-hmm. outside my apartment and, uh, you know, there's a different locations. Oh, okay. But what was your favorite street food dish? We have a, one thing is like uh, you use a toast bread, but very thick. They cut uh-huh. out uh-huh. the center part and uh-huh. then put the different things inside. You know, oh. Like a huge toast, but it's like what? very thick. And they call guan cai ban. So I mean, guan cai <laughs> means a coffin. So it's oh. not a good name. <laughs> not a nice name. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that, that was uh, my favorite. Tastes oh. very good. Very good. What, what, what's inside? Uh, inside, uh, that's a different stuff they, they, they put together. It's, um, how to describe. You have to yeah. try it. <laughs> okay. Well, one day we'll go together and yes. maybe we'll try it. Yes. When did you go to the army then? So after 
I graduated from university. Yeah. Then there's a required two years military service. So you knew you had to go do that. Like there was no way you weren't. Yes. Were you excited? Were you nervous? How no, did you feel? Like I kind of like it, you know, <laughs> military training. <laughs> uh, during the training, uh, you know, especially initially, it was very hard. Like a very hot day, uh, you have the like a, the clothes is like a, you know heavy, Ooh. and then uh, when you ran on a solid ground, yeah, and they ask you to lie down, you know, mm. it's yeah. very hot. The, the the ground was like a very very hot, you know, but you oh have to just obey the all the command, you know. Oh. So you sit down and then you cannot get out, you know, so you wow. feel the heat, you know, oh <laughs> and the burn. Anyway, so <laughs> so sometimes you have to stand there uh, for, for a long time, and yeah. even with a lot of uh, mosquitoes and, you know, oh. so <laughs> you cannot move. You just, you know, stand Lay still. Down. Yeah. Um, but and then I what... like the exercise because they yeah. train you uh, <laughs> yeah. a lot of exercise. When you saw people next to you that were kind of miserable, were you like, hey, come on, guys, it's not so bad? Or did everyone kind of enjoy it? Well, most of people hate it <laughs> so, oh, because uh, exercise is one thing, but a lot of yeah. punishment if you cannot reach your goal. They have a certain requirement if you cannot reach it, and then it's miserable, you know. Oh, so no. So the punishment people, you know, hate the most is like uh, you cannot go out on Sunday, you know. Oh, because oh the that's your free time, day. Uh, it's so, you know, tense, and you, you're always under, you know, the tense, under the pressure and so on, so... Everyone just expected like a Sunday, you can go out and you have a, yeah. some free time. But if you cannot reach the goal, you know, they have the, some bar, you know, you have to do certain things. Uh, so for those people, I, I, I feel very sorry for them. You know? Oh, yeah. So it's like if you did well, it wasn't so bad. But if you fell behind, you had to kind of pay a price. Right, right. Um, I grew up with this story that used to tell us about you climbing a, a, a really tall rope with only your hands. Yes, that's... Well, <laughs> <laughs> how did you realize you could do that? What was like, Did were other people able to do that? No, I mean, everybody is different. So uh -huh. uh, I I can do certain things, you know. Yeah. So other people can do certain things. Uh -huh. But uh, I'm fortunate, you know, because I, I like... Sports, you know, yeah. I like exercise. I like to train. So sometimes in this situation, it's easier for me because uh -huh. I've been trained for a long time. I and see. a lot of people, they, they are like focused on study, you know, study and yeah. study and study. So it's a struggle for them. But for me, I study very less. I don't study uh -huh. much. <laughs> <laughs> so... So I exercise a lot, you know, yeah. uh, join a lot of activities. So in this situation, uh, it's like a favor, you know. Oh, yeah. You you remember it very fondly. Yes. And I not know. everyone does. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's interesting because not everyone liked it. You really enjoyed it. But even though you didn't study that much, you were often top of your class, right? Not in my university, you know, because oh, I... Okay. I Joined a lot of sports teams. Uh, yeah. Joined 
a lot of uh, like uh, clubs and uh, activities, you know, yeah. church activities and so on. So I, I usually don't study. You know? <laughs> <laughs> wow, I am like you. <laughs> <laughs> Except your classes were probably a lot harder than mine because you were doing engineering, right? Engineering, yeah. But again, you know, for some people, for some things hard. But yeah. I, I, I'm glad I like math, you know, so since yeah. I was young, I like math. So it's become like uh, it's not hard for me, you know. Yeah. Is that why you married an auditor? <laughs> <laughs> you loved math so much you married it <laughs> nah, not really <laughs> <laughs> i i remember you were telling me too that you i don't know if this was in your university years but that in your college dorm room you had a bunk bed and on one level was all of your record collection uh yes yes because uh, for my four years i always uh, stay outside the school campus oh Okay. Uh, so I did not in the like uh, the dorm. I never yeah. know, stay in the dorm. So it's outside. So I, I always always have my own room, even though oh. it's very very small. You know. Yeah, <laughs> but, but it's uh, your own. Yeah, but it's I, I have my own room. Uh, so I have a bunk bed, a small table. Uh, my friend uh, hand built a record player. System oh, for me, you know. A system Sound for you, system. okay. Yeah. And so did music mean a lot to you back then? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What was your favorite? ABBA? No. ABBA? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Give me the dancing queen. <laughs> Mamma Mia. <laughs> Mamma Mia. <laughs> How did you feel when you listened to music? Like, did it take you somewhere else? Yeah, I think uh, uh, I love to just, you know, enjoy mm. in the music when mm -hmm. I'm doing things, you know. It's like uh, whenever I step into my room, the yeah. first thing is uh, turn on my system, you know, sound wow. system. And then put on uh, some record, you know. So that's uh, how I, you know, enjoy saying in my yeah. tiny tiny room was that mostly um were there taiwanese artists that you would listen to chinese artists or was it mostly international i think mostly international some just uh, mm. you know classic uh music you know yeah. instrument i have uh, all different kind of you know different kind of records i don't know why but it's so thrilling to find deep commonalities between you and your parents when I was young, my dad only listened to Christian music and hymns. I'm talking the Haven of Russ Quartet, the Christian soprano singer Sandy Patty, and endless Chinese choir singing hymns. Knowing that my dad was once an audiophile teen who listened obsessively to international pop music makes me feel connected to him in a way I didn't before. We both sought comfort in music, needed it to get us through. At some point for him, music wasn't just a catalyst for the Holy Spirit. It also served to quench a very universal human thirst. I do want to ask you, Dad, did you ever regret leaving Taiwan? No, no. You never think about what it would have been like if you stayed there? Because after I uh, left the military service, I, yeah. you know, after those two years, and then I I did work for a government company. Yeah. It's like a water and power. Oh. It's actually, you know, very good 
job, good pay, easy job, you know,、oh. but very boring, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, after a while, I, I don't like the environment. Really, just kind of like too drony, like no no real excitement. Yeah, so I start to thinking, you know, maybe、yeah. I should have a, like a further study. Before I never even imagine I will like、uh, going to overseas to study, you know, because、yeah. I, th- I did not like study, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but work was so boring that it made you miss studying. Yeah, and then you know, <laughs> after you think it through, you、mm-hmm. know, probably it's good to you know study more instead、yeah. of every day doing the same simple stuff. You know,、right. very simple. You know, yeah, it,、uh, it's like you you went out, you you check some pipes. You you know, it's very simple thing. Yeah,、uh, yeah. It's no challenge at all. No、But、challenge. Easy life, you know. <laughs> yeah. So then you, so you applied to schools in the U.S. Yes, yes. So at that time, there's no internet, you know. So just、yeah. went to library, and then there's、oh. some、uh, school information in the、wow. library, and I bought one very old typewriter, you know,、yeah. machine. So I just,、uh, you know,、uh, starting to. <laughs> wrote、oh、some letters and requests for the application form and, and in so English, on, you know. English, yeah. What? So how <laughs> did your English get to that level? Did you just study it in school? Yeah, I was bad, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I can, you know, it's a, yeah, have hard time, but、uh, uh-huh. you know, actually, you, you can you can just figure it out and then put in something.、Wow. I was fortunate, you know, got into. School, you know, USC, yeah, yeah. Because、uh, my GRE score, the the math was、uh, like eight hundred. That's、uh, oh my gosh! No,、what? I mean that's math. So oh,、okay. I mentioned I like math. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I I I remember when you told um Yeye Nana that you were leaving. How did they feel? Did were your siblings already in the U.S.? My sister, one sister, she's in the U.S. Okay. So she had already gone. So is that how you kind of got the confidence? You were like, "Oh, well, she's fine, so I can do it too."、Um, she's always on the top of her class. You know,、oh, she's very good in studying.、Yeah. I was、yeah. not, so we were different <laughs> in different category. You know? <laughs> But you, you and、um, you and Xiao Gugu were really close, right? Yeah,、so、we were very feel, close. Yeah. Did you feel a little more at ease about? Applying for the U.S. because she was already there. Oh yeah, yeah,、mm. yeah. And were your parents less worried? Yes. Okay. I I think they for boys、uh, usually parents they you know don't worry that worried. much. Yeah. Oh okay okay. So when you told them they were like okay, have fun. Yeah yeah. Okay. <laughs> so do you remember landing in L.A.? Uh yes. I remember, like、uh, on the plane、mm-hmm. before landing. Yeah,、uh, there's a gentleman next to me. Yeah. So I asked him a lot of questions. Oh.、Uh, <laughs> and because I have no idea. Yeah. And I brought not many things, but a lot of、uh, books. You know, I don't、yeah. know how can I get 
books over here or something. Oh, you know? oh, okay, yeah. I mean, that's the starting point, but you, you wow. have to adapt to the new environment. You know, yeah. after I landed, the second day I went to University Village to find a oh. job. Oh, is that where you got the submarine job? Yes. So, so the second day arrived in LA. And I went to the university village, village and then yeah. uh, just to have a short interview with the owner. You know, I got the job. Wow. You sandwich, know, sandwich, sandwich. Shop. Yes. <laughs> and cutting onions, right? Yes. I remember you were saying you would cry, but push through it. Yes. Yeah. So because you need to survive you know, at that time, my parents, they, they were like, a, you know, regular government job is not yeah. a high pay so yeah but um, we have to try our best uh, you know to support ourselves was that your first encounter with american food um yes what yes. what do you think about american food you mean after i came here yeah like oh. to the u.s i mean i don't like it but you know i can take it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the immigrant story, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever get sad? Get what? Sorry. Sad? No. You didn't get homesick? Not really. Really? <laughs> because like, after, okay. you know, you you got here, it's, it's very challenging. And then oh. it's, uh, your your life is just, you know... It's like go, a go, go. fool. You, you have to survive. You have to yeah. take classes. You have to get good grades and you have to get a scholarship. You know, a lot of yeah. competition. So just suddenly, you know, overwhelmed by all the things. Yeah. And like, Dad, we've never really talked about this much, but like, did you experience people being prejudiced towards you? Not really. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't feel that. You didn't experience it too Although, much, yeah. I did not. I did not focus on that <laughs> yeah yeah i i know that's one of the things i learned from you is uh just try to not focus on it too much you just gotta keep going you just gotta keep being you you know um was it hard like learning english for because you're in these like phd classes or, or, or master's classes right at to start yeah for engineers actually it was much easier you know oh, uh, as numbers. long as your math is good everything yeah. is kind of easy you know <laughs> <laughs> I never, you know, like raised my hand to ask a question during oh. my years in USC, yeah. you know, yeah. never have a one time, you know. <laughs> wow. Yes. But you were, you did really well in your classes? I was a straight A. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> <laughs> you're like, wait, this is easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Once you know math and then, you know, in, in those uh, engineering as Whenever it's getting like a harder and harder, I think it's easier for me because uh, you know the the difference is more and more obvious compared with uh, some other people. Right. I mean, so how did you go from this kid who didn't like studying to getting a master's degree and then a second master's degree? What was your first master's in? In civil engineering. And what uh, was the second USC. master? Second is like a mechanical engineering. Uh huh, and and then you got a PhD, which was in. Uh, it's more focused on computer software development, yeah, structural. So how did you go from not liking studying to getting three degrees 
in various engineering, like very difficult subjects? <laughs> when I got here, I start to, you know, uh, like in the first year, my friend, mm -hmm. he studied the same class with me, you know. Wow. And that class, uh -huh. I mean, it's my first year here, the first yeah. semester. And he was the second year. He almost graduated from the school. So he took the same class with me. Uh, it's supposed to be much easier for him, you know. Right. Uh, however, when we start to need to code, you know, program mm -hmm. something, you know, and I found out it's it's not hard, but it's very hard for him. Mm. After one week before, mm. you know, we need to turn in our like a homework, you know, mm -hmm. it's like a, you need to write a program to analyze something, you know. Yeah. Uh, the last night, he was a struggle. He was so painful. And then he said, oh, okay, let me write uh, for you. You know, I just yeah. wrote another different style and then, and then <laughs> very fast and then give to him, you know. So he passed that class. Wow. And then I also realized uh, there's something different, you know. You had a knack. Yeah, so for yeah. like a programming, it's uh, like a, you need to have like layers, uh, like a... Layers yeah. and layers, calculation, you know, right. uh, solving those things. But for me, it's like a natural. So I can calculate in my mind and then so I can program wow. very fast. Uh, no, that's the one thing, you know. Uh, so sometimes if you f find out the gift, you know, yeah. you have, it's become like uh, easier, you know. Right. That's how I starting to, oh, I can do it. You know, I have a, yeah. something a little bit different. So I can gradually, you have a confidence in study and then you yeah. enjoy study more and more. Right. And I think that's what you and mom kind of taught us was just like, find the thing you guys are good at. Like find the thing that you, that comes easier to you than to other people and, right. and do that because it, it makes your life easier and you can offer more in a way. You know? Right, right, yeah. So that's why, like for us, we don't like our kids uh, as yeah. a traditional Chinese or you know Asian. It's yeah. like uh, you should be a doctor, or you yeah. should be like a certain things. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. So, Dad, like I'm hearing you say this, and you know, I kind of know how the story goes. Is like you had this gift and you had a knack for something and to contextualize it for people listening. It's like, this was when like Bill Gates and like Steve jobs, like were, you know, just getting started too. So you were kind of in that um, cohort in a way, obviously in SoCal and not elsewhere, but what then was it like? So after, after you finished school, you got a job, you were, you were working in Santa Monica, well-paying job. You were an asset to the company and then you got the call to go become a pastor. So what was it like to give up this super promising career that you probably could have made a ton of money, right? You could have made a ton of money, like so much money, right? But like, what was it like? How do you think about it now versus how you thought about it then? Yeah, I think at that time, uh, people look you like uh, yeah. oh, like uh, you are in your 20s and you're already in charge the the whole department of wow. you know software department you know the development department and uh, so 
you have a very good pay. You have, you know, you almost have like uh, everything people everything you could ever want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but I mean, uh, God called me. Yeah. While I was working very hard, you know, mm. I was doing the software development, you know, and and uh, and God called me. Mm. So so it's not my design, you know. Mm -hmm. But when mm -hmm. He called, I know, and uh, yeah, you know. So I never have any uh, regret, you know. Yeah, any never really like uh, think back, you know. I made the right decision or not i think right. you know just one way you know when god called me i just follow you know this is simple so you you don't have any burden you don't have any you know struggling within you you kind of just let it go because that's just that was the reason there's no there's no what ifs or ands ab uh, about it. it you that's that's your path now yes so i mean actually for our life yeah. once you make decision mm -hmm. you don't have struggle it's good yeah. a lot of suffering is become you have a struggle inside right right but oh, if internal you have a struggle. clear goal and then you just uh, make your decision like yeah. me at that time they say okay god call me and then i just yeah. follow you know i make my decision so yeah. no struggle uh, you know what dad like yeah, like your modeling in my life really definitely applies to in the way that you followed your, I know it's not your dreams, but you followed this calling that you felt like you had. And I think if I didn't have you in my life, I wouldn't have the courage to pursue music or even think about pursuing music. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or even yeah. starting this podcast. Oh, I, yeah. Seeing you like, you know, it was a, big change for our family but I was so young I didn't know anything I was like three right or four maybe mm -hmm. I was so young so but even just hearing that story over and over and and seeing the way you continue to like live your life that way it shaped me a lot it gives me a lot more courage and freedom because I think a lot of people are afraid to let go of stability and let go of what's in front of them you know but you were ready to take a huge leap yeah yeah i think the challenge is like uh, you know your boss the, the owner of the company yeah ask you anything i can do to keep you <laughs> stay <laughs> you know? right <laughs> he You'll was, lay it was all so, down at your feet he was so surprised you know uh but no i don't want anything you know wow not the uh, worldly uh, you know thing so uh, that's uh, what happened. So we, we gave up everything and then we yeah. moved to San Gabriel, Gabriel with grandma, right? <laughs> yeah. To move back. I always think about that, dad, that you moved back in with not your parents, but your wife's mother, your wife's parents. That is like as a, you know, I don't know, as a family man, like how difficult was that? Like, did you feel any ego or pride like was any of that there or was it just like okay this is what we have this is what i'm grateful for what what side of that were you on i think for that part actually it's easy for me i, have, okay. I don't have any struggle yeah but, uh, when i first the uh, year start to serve people you know yeah uh Ooh. some struggling is like uh, people ask me to help them to uh moving you know yeah. a lot of things and then end up, they told me, oh, uh, thanks for your help. Save me like a five bucks an hour, you know. 
Oh, they, they man. treat me like a, you know.、Uh, oh, like an employee. No, no, I mean. Or like、uh, a worker. If they, yeah, if they need to hire a worker, you know, they need、oh. to pay like five dollars per hour. But yeah,、uh, so I end up, you know,、uh, I have nothing、labor. to do. I'm a,、uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seems like I have、yeah. no job and so on. So I help them, you know, so they they appreciate. But the value is like a five dollar per hour, right? Wow.、But、before that, I was in the company. I doing the work. For other people, it's like I charge three hundred per hour. You know? <laughs> wow! Yeah, in the '80s or、yeah. in the early '90s. Yeah. Okay, maybe this is naive of me, but this was one of the most mind-blowing anecdotes of all. When you're a pastor's kid, you see your parent as both human and sacred. Your entire community upholds the parent that tucks you in at night and isn't the best driver, as somehow God adjacent. This is the first time that I asked him about his interior life when it came to being a pastor, and this is the most real answer I could ever have hoped for. I had always seen my dad as incapable of faltering, and because of that, I couldn't see myself in him. It's a strange comfort that this man, who can be so devout and so holy, Is a human being that struggles with his ego, but allows his better judgment to win out. I've never talked to you about this, but I've heard that when you told Ye Ye that you were leaving,、mm. what was his reaction? He was、uh, very sad, but、uh, at that time he didn't. He know he knew he could not like change my mind or something. You know, he, yeah, he really. Uh, cannot accept the fact、uh, because I already submit my, you know, re- resignation, resignation and so on.、Uh, yeah. So the whole night he sat in the living room, you know. So that's really Oof. hard to take,、Oof. you know. Just sitting there,、Oof. the sadness, you know. <laughs> Ooh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I read,、uh, you know, he, he's very unhappy. I mean, he's very yell at you. Yeah, his anger or something, you know. Yeah.、Uh, instead, he just、uh, sadly sat there for the whole night, you know. Yeah. But after a few years, one day my parents sit down in the living room and then、yeah. they saw we running around busy for other people,、mm-hmm. and then they have some conclusion.、Mm. They, they said、uh, to each other, "These two are the most blessed." You know. <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, I there are times, right, where I, for me, maybe this is selfishly, there are times where I'm like, ah,、oh, I kind of wish my dad just kept working, and I could have just been a normal kid, you know, and、uh, we would have had everything and all that. But I think when I really look back on it, and even just hearing you talk about it, like our family had so much. So much laughter,、mm-hmm. and like we weren't, we were, you know, not conventional in how we spent our weekends. You know, it was our weekends were either spent helping people or at church or you know doing stuff for the church or, um. But there was a lot of laughter, and nothing had to be perfect. But everything was like really like rooted in this like happiness and joy, you know. And I、yeah. think. That that was bigger to now as an adult. Like looking back, I'm like that was so worth it 
for us, even as your kids, you know? I'm glad to know that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't easy, but <laughs> wasn't always easy. But okay, so, you know, I don't want to take up too much of your time. And I mean, this is like the most fun conversation ever. I hope you're having, are you having fun, Dad? Yes, my dear. Okay, good. <laughs> um, but I want to ask you, like, what was it about becoming a dad? You know, what was it? What did, do you remember what you felt like when I was first born? I was a little Christmas baby. Uh, born at uh, what St. John's Hospital in Santa Monica, six pounds, three ounces, <laughs> <laughs> little bundle of something. What uh, what did what did it feel like becoming a dad? I was amazed. The baby was so cute, <laughs> so lovely. <laughs> I mean, you you never you know you you love someone uh, mm -hmm. this way. You know, it's very different. You know, yeah. So even when we say cute, probably it's kind of ugly because, you know, newborn baby, right? <laughs> like a little like an alien, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, you, have, you feel there's a special love, you know? Yeah. Was it pretty overwhelming? Like, you know, bringing this little bundle of whatever home and realizing there's no textbook that you can study really to be a parent yeah i think um i think we were we were ready so okay. it's not like a panic you know okay so we we were not like uh, in like early 20s we, no. we were in like uh, pretty late 20s <laughs> yeah or you were 30 right? oh 30 yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. were old <laughs> yeah 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 i mean so we were ready, you know, yeah. we, we were expecting and waiting for this moment. Yeah. What was more difficult than you thought it would be? And what was more rewarding than you thought it would be? More rewarding. <laughs> yeah. What was something more rewarding? I mean, the, the joy with your kids, you know, and you saw they grew up, you know, yeah. one by one. And then, no, that, that, that was something, you know. Something I always you know kind of remember is like i i i always knew that you loved us but i don't think i really realized it until you know we moved out of the house and 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 so when we were little you would cook for us every morning like you would make breakfast for us every morning sometimes it was cereal but sometimes it was more elaborate you know and one of the things you always did was you knew exactly how the three of us liked our eggs like I liked mine over easy. Rosie, Rosie liked hers scrambled. Vicky liked hers different all the time. So you always had to check with her. Right. Yeah. And I, I didn't know until these foreign exchange students moved into the house and you just made eggs one way and you were like, they can eat it or they cannot. And I was like, <laughs> oh, wow. Like dad. And it's not that you don't care about them. It's not that it's just like you. I always thought, oh, you just want to make eggs for people the way they like it. But I think. The older I get, the more I realize, like, that was your heart for, for your daughters. Like, you wanted to make sure that we, we experience love through just the thoughtfulness of how you would cook the eggs. Well, for those uh, <laughs> students also, yeah. I mean, they have all different kinds of uh, preference, you know. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. they're overwhelmed, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, too uh, much. Like, when, I, when we cook something, we always need to ask them, you know, some... They don't eat cheese, some no green onions, some oh, no onions, some no this and some no that, you know. We have to pay attention if that's, yeah. uh, you know, essential. 
Yeah. Know? But talking about what kind of, uh, <laughs> you know, eggs, it's, yeah. it's uh, most of them, they can accept, you no. Know, as yeah, long any as eggs. it's regular eggs. Yeah. <laughs> but taking into consideration people's preferences, it was more enjoyable for your daughters than for anyone else, right? Yeah, I have to admit that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Dad, I mean, you had three daughters and a wife and at times lived with either your mom or, or mom's mom. What was it like growing up in a house full of girls, like so many girls? I was so blessed, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it never drove you crazy? No, 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 mm -hmm. not really. <laughs> <laughs> um, all I remember is when Rose, Vicky, and I would bicker, you would just turn up the radio. <laughs> oh. You're like, okay, I'm just going to turn up the radio. <laughs> Did you ever wonder what we might become in the future? The you three know, of us. When, when you were young? Mm -hmm. Well, we just, uh, you know, pray for you and I'm hoping for the, you know, best. Maybe not in our mind, it's not like uh, your achievement, you know, yeah. what great job you can do, how many, how much money you can earn, you know, it's like uh, fulfill you know, God in your, every one of you, you know, his plan. Yeah. <laughs> Are you proud of us? Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. Proud enough? <laughs> yes, yes, my yeah. dear. Mm. <laughs> You're so sweet, Dad. Um, you used to call your parents every day, right? Every day. You used day. to call Nainai, like, every day. Call my parents, call my mother-in-law. So <laughs> every day I will call them and talk to them, you know. How did you develop that habit? I don't know. It's like, uh, I feel I, I should do that. Or, you know, I love to do that. I like to yeah. love to talk to them, you know. Yeah. See how they're, they're doing, you know. What do you miss about them the most? Yeah, I think their love, you mm. know. Yeah. yeah. So this, it's like, a, you know, relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So you lost Nai Nai now almost two years ago, right? right? Right, Was that losing her, was that, does that just leave a huge hole in your heart? How are you doing? Yeah, a lot of time, you know, like uh, during the first year, a lot of time pick up the phone. It yeah. feel like uh, I was trying to call her, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, mm. always miss, you know. Yeah. Talk to her. You made her very proud. I, I, I know that just you know by that. <laughs> seeing her. Yeah, she, you made her very proud. And I just remember, like, even going over to her house, you know, she was like very, very, you know, spry and active and generous, you know, and every time you would come in her whole face, her whole body would just light up, you know? Yeah. 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 That was really special. You guys 
you mean so much to me. She meant so much to me and means so much to me. And I think both of you just really model for me like what it truly means to be true to yourself mm. and live with integrity and to be able to gen be generous and love other people. Cause I think you guys, the two of you, especially in my life modeled that for the three of us so well, just this self selflessness, you know? Thank you. Thank you. Mm. All right, dad, I'm going to wrap it. I'm going to wrap things up soon, but I just have a couple final questions for you. And these just have to do with aging. So really light, easy, but I remember, and this was probably really rude of me, but I was maybe like 12 years old and I was like, and I was like doing the math and I was like, dad, you're 45 now. And you're like, uh-huh. And you're like, I was like, that means you're like halfway through life. Isn't that terrible? Doesn't that scare you? And you, you said something to me that kind of always stuck with me. And you were like, I've already been so lucky to live this half and I have a great life. I have three daughters. I have a great wife. Um, and if I get to do the next half, just like this, I, I'm so lucky. And that always stuck with me because there's just this feeling that I get from you all the time of just like deep contentment. Yeah. I'm happy right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did you, how do you like looking into the next phase of your life? Do you have any fears or reservations or is it, do you still feel that same way? I think so far I'm still feel the same way. Yeah. You know, hmm. and uh, uh, enjoy every moment you have. Yeah. And we are changing gradually, you mm -hmm. know, getting old, aging gradually. You know? Yeah. It's not like a suddenly. So you adapt to the process. You know, yeah. you're, gradually you accept the, the process. You know, mm. so uh, like uh, less competitive with uh, mm. young people <laughs> <laughs> right because you used to do like exercises with young people right or compete with them with different yeah, things yeah. yeah i still do sometimes but uh, you know try to avoid that <laughs> yeah more yeah. for mom's sake so yeah. she doesn't get nervous yeah, I mean, yeah. gradually you have to accept, you know, you are an old man, you know. No. You should not compete with them. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything that surprises you about aging? Like just the physical aspect, I guess. Anything surprising? Um, I think the maturity, you know, mm. uh, you think more about uh, the life mm -hmm. because right now, as you mentioned, uh, 45, you say it's uh, halfway through, mm -hmm. but that means you, you, you're expecting 90, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no one for sure how long, you know, yeah. we are going to uh, stay here. So yeah. you, you, you need to like uh, prepare, you know, accept uh, yeah. the fact that uh, life is short, you know, mm. no matter it's uh, 60, 70, 80, 90, you know, yeah. 100 and in our church, we have uh, one old sister. She lived till 108, you know. Wow. The last year, she always asked people, please pray for me. You know, we wow. say, you, you're 108, and then <laughs> what else? <laughs> you know? And she told yeah. us, pray for me that uh, God will not forget me 
on, left me on this earth, you know. Yeah. I, she told us that she's ready, you know. <laughs> yeah. She lived long enough. Anyway. Uh, right. So gradually, you know, we with the perspective for life is a little bit different, you know. Yeah. Before you still have a you want this and that, but but now you know. Uh, yeah. You are changing. Has living through this COVID era has that changed how you view life at all? Oh yeah, yeah, mm. that also, yeah. So a lot of things you planned, uh, yeah, for many people suddenly, you know, uh, those plans just uh, not going to happen, right? Wow. Uh, all 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 things very fast, you know, yeah. if uh, bad things happen, so. Right. Before we 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 thought uh, oh some accidents, mm. but for the pandemic it's like uh, wow the percentage of yeah. affected people is uh, you know it's a huge number. That's crazy, and and we're still in the situation, right? Yeah, so it's not over I mean, yet. Dad, I I grew up with you wearing one suit every weekend. And you would often either be going to a wedding or a funeral, and I wouldn't know. It was always one or the other, and it was the same suit. Um, how has it been kind of, I mean, did that give you a different perspective? Because I think, I think a lot of people are really afraid of death. And I know that you have sat at many a deathbed, prayed over many a funeral, and officiated a lot of weddings so you know kind of constantly seeing the the beginning of a, a journey and the end of a journey like what do you what like what's your perspective on 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 that that you might offer to people yeah i think uh we can never say we are ready mm -hmm. you know uh but uh, we know our days are limited yeah. If you count how many days, you know, even like a hundred years, yeah. how many days is that? Yeah. And it's it's a number, right? Even hundred years uh, yeah. times the three sixty five. That's yeah. that's a, a limited number. It's very right? limited. So so wait, thirty six thousand five hundred days. That's it. That's, that's it, so short, right? <laughs> and then consider how many days already passed. Yeah. Right? So uh, one day. Day by day, you know, uh, it's passed so fast. Yeah. Know, so maybe feel, you know, we should more focus on readiness at this mm. moment. Mm. So it's not like, a, it's a, like endless. You have a, a lot of opportunity or, you know, you can choose this and that. Actually, it's very limited. This is honestly one of the hidden perks of being a pastor's kid. It makes you constantly think of temporality. My dad has been to more funerals than he can count. I often marvel at his warmth, kindness, and leadership in those moments. Even at his own mother's funeral, he gave the message, he printed the program sheets, he put together the PowerPoint presentation, he led the attendees through the grieving process, even though the grief belonged to him as well. I can't pretend not to fear death. I don't know that any of us can. 
but I am lucky to have someone who walks ahead of me that has seen so much death and dying, who constantly turns back and tells me that it'll all be okay. I think one of the things you taught the three of us and you were very adamant about is every morning we say, like, good morning. And at the ed- end of every conversation we have, we, we always say, I love you. And, and I know a lot of Asian families didn't grow up saying, I love you. But it's something that we said to each other in English, not even in Chinese. And I always carried that. And I do remember like you and mom, mom, mostly she would tell us like stories of so many people, either from the church or, you know, whoever losing people. And they just said, I wish I said, I love you at the end, Uh, you know, and I think you and mom always instilled that don't leave anything like you and mom, like never fight. Yeah. And, and when you have disagreements or whatnot, you, you always want to resolve it sooner than later. Um, cause you just don't want to live with any lingering disappointment or, or, or heaviness in your heart, you know? Right. And, um, that's something that I, I continue to live with. And Rose and I continue that. And Vicky and I continue that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do that even with friends and even with Abe, you know, my husband. Mm-hmm. And so I think that really aligns with kind of what you're saying of just like, be prepared. Not like, okay, I'm going to die, like fatalistic. But it's like, if you were going to go right now, what are the things that you can do in the short term? Being really intentional about the way you treat people and talk to people and conduct right. yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So you taught me that. <laughs> <laughs> so dad, what are you looking forward to? Give me one big thing that you 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 look forward to. The pandemic is over and <laughs> I can be you know with Priscilla <laughs> more and more often. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. I know doing Christmas Eve standing outside the house and Thanksgiving watching you carve that turkey from outside the house was torture. And 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 you know all jokes aside, um I remember the first time I went over to the house and 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 this was like, you know, when things were lightening up restrictions but you know i go to the backyard and and we're we're doing social distance but all of a sudden like i'm next to you and you have your arm around me and it felt so natural (laughs) and it was just like wow this pandemic is just so strange because it's so natural for us to be close and so natural for us to be you know just um like close to each other affectionate you know yeah and so i can't wait till we can really be together and not just dropping things off at your door and running away, you know? Yeah, but I'm glad now we can have a Zoom and then we can have <laughs> face-to-face. <laughs> yes, and I need to be better about trying to model you and calling you more often because I know I don't call you enough, Dad. Oh, that's okay. I know you're busy. <laughs> you have your life. <laughs> Never too busy for you. But thank you for coming on the show. Um, this has just been so amazing and i i i feel really honored to have had the chance to interview you you know i know oprah was first in line but i'm second so (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much i'm so happy you know this opportunity to talk to you i love you dad anything you want to tell our listeners priscilla she's very 
nice. She's great. I love her very much. <laughs> I love you too, Dad. <laughs> well, thank you. And um, yeah, we'll pop off the recording, but you and I can say goodbye. And I love okay. you off, off the offline. Okay. Okay. Bye bye. All right. to expect coming into this interview. To be honest, neither did I. I loved talking to him, unfurling layer after layer, asking all the questions I wanted to ask, getting clarification on some of the myths I've held about my parents. I hope he enjoyed his time too. All I know is that I got a text from my little sister Vicky telling me that he was still talking about it a few days later, that he appreciated someone taking the time to hear his stories. Like Roxy said in her episode, after recording this interview, the only thing I wanted to do was beg and plead with my friends to do the same. The moment we concluded our interview, my mom burst into the room, and the first thing she said was, wow, you're really going to appreciate having this when we're gone. I could not have agreed with her more, even though it pained me to think it. Many of us have lost loved ones this year. You literally never know when you'll run out of time with those you hold dear. As I ended the Zoom meeting, I felt a combination of intense regret that I didn't record conversations with the loved ones I'd already lost, mingled with the intense relief that I had my wits about me enough to capture this conversation with my father. Look, I know it can seem daunting, and many of us have complicated relationships with our parents, so this might not be relevant for all of us. But if you're willing, and your loved one is willing, give it a shot. Even if it's just a short voice note recording on your phone, set aside some time, have some questions ready, and most importantly, listen. Goodness, was that beautiful? Isn't it cute though. She's like adorbs. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
the first, you know, I recorded my interview with my father yeah. a couple weeks before I did yours. Yeah. And I remember texting you right away or calling you right away being like, I don't feel like that was what I expected. Mm, remember? I do. And yeah. then a couple weeks later, you had your interview with your dad and you were just like, rocks. We are so fucking lucky. Yeah. To have these fathers, you know? And yeah. I was like, you were so right. Like, I think for me having that expectation in a way is a mirror of his expectations mm. of himself. Wow. Right. And his yeah. life. And like with you, your father, I remember at the end of the interview was just like, you find your purpose and what it is you want to live for. Yeah. And you do that. We are such a reflection of their realities. We are. And, and I think the only way, and I know I was like joking with you right before we um, hit record, I felt like I got to know you by what your dad was saying because that's how he raised you. So a lot of the way you think and the way you approach things, um, you know, they're not carbon copies of our parents. But I felt like I got to know you so much better through your dad. And I also felt like I got to know why I am the way I am through my dad. Yes. You know, can I just say yeah. you have your emotional language mm -hmm. the way you paint with your words yeah. through your father because when he was talking about his childhood and you know his his memories i could see all of it wow you know you know the mountains the yeah. bikes and like you know what he used to do in nanto by the way nanto is where my parents live now that's crazy isn't that crazy that's crazy we're both taitong yeah, people now like that's yeah. wild yeah it, it's just one of those crazy connections we're soulmates we're so i mean obviously we're soulmates <laughs> <laughs> um and like i think what was cool was he was like you know your grandmother was my model of of working hard and being diligent and i'm like dad that's so crazy because you were my model of what it's like yeah. to work so hard and be diligent and serve people all the time yes. you know and and you know it's my mom works really hard that that's not what it is but like for me my dad's model was Every morning he would get up and work for three, four hours and then wake us up and cook for everyone in the house, which mm -hmm. he still does. And, 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 you know, get us all dressed, you know, however poorly and do our hair and drive us to school and then pick us up and then make dinner for the family. Like, you know, he had this constant diligence and I think it was such a privilege to ask him like, dad, where do you get that from? And he's like, oh, he's like, it was from my mother. And I was like, your grandmother was an incredible woman. She was an incredible woman. Like yeah. just hearing him tell her story, you could tell the love and grief. Yeah, yeah. And, and the way he talked about her. And I, you know, we, I try to have conversations with my dad about my grandma, but it was kind of too recent. So now it's been just over a year, to, oh, just over two years since she passed. And I think he's, he shared really honestly, just the fact that he wants to pick up the phone and talk to her. I, I never had that I never thought I would hear that from my dad, you know, and, and obviously it's like a universal feeling, but when it's your dad and it was your grandmother, it, it hits you in this different way. <laughs> you know, I know. <laughs> I was, I was tearing up and I've never had a conversation with my dad where I was tearing up. So like, you know, I don't know if it's something with like when a microphone's in front of you, 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 you're just kind of in a different frame of mind. You're kind of vulnerable in a certain way, both of you. Um, but I, you know, at the end of it, 
of course my mom like walks on and she's like yeah when uh when we're gone you're gonna listen to this and and be really happy you did this you oh know my gosh. And, 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 you know oh, she's, she's like so, so savage I know, <laughs> she's so savage but i was like you're right though like I mean, and then she was like, my dad's like, Priscilla did a good job. And my mom's like, of course she did. She's my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's just like, that's her way of complimenting you. Yeah, it is. You know, we could, we take what we can, right? We take what we can, but it's true. I felt like, and I texted you this after we both did our interviews. I was like, Roxy, we're going to appreciate having this. Even if, you know, we're so glad to share this with each and every one of you, but I guess for me, selfishly, I realized like I'm so happy to have this in the archives because it's eternal. It's a time capsule. It's a time capsule. And 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 we would hate to think of the day we lose our parents. We we hate it. I I get nauseous on a daily basis thinking about that day. So at the same time I wanna do everything that I can do to preserve and and appreciate and remember and honor. It's just the same yeah. way that your dad said. Sorry, this yeah. like really got to me mm. at the end of your interview with him. And I just want to talk about like first how he said that all of our time is limited. Mm. We are mortals. Yeah. You know, appreciate what you have. Appreciate every moment you have. And the second thing is you and I actually have a lot of similarities in our fathers. Yeah. And for example, it's like they both had really tough fathers right? and very soft but resilient mothers. Mm. And we've kind of flipped back. They flipped back. So then they became the soft, gentle fathers to us. Right. Like we would turn out so differently. Oh, my God. If it was the other way around. We would be like, I don't know, unhappy surgeons. I don't know. I think... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I think the expectations would be very different if you have like a like a very strict patriarchy yeah like household definitely it would be so different i know and it's like up until i left home i would crawl and sit in my dad's lap like how i held yaya in my lap this week you know (laughs) i would go and sit in his lap and there was this soft inviting um warmth to our relationship it was always you always have um you always have this gentle heart that you can connect with, yeah, you know? And I remember when I was younger and I had nightmares, you know, I would run to my mom and she'd be like, well, this is you. <laughs> like, I'm sleeping. Get out of here. And then my dad would be the one, you know, and I'm sure my mom comforted me a lot of times and stuff, but I'm, I just remember these moments where, especially when I was maybe in junior high and no, no longer cute. Um, my mom would be like, God, I'm sleeping. I'm tired. And my dad would be the one to, to get up out of bed and sit with me on the couch until I calm down from the nightmare and then send me to bed, you know? And we just had this, like, he had this patience, this infinite patience, you know? But yeah, I, I, I think, I think we've learned a lot from our fathers. And also, I mean, I think everyone might've caught this, but when Roxy's dad was like on the flight to America and he was like, <laughs> you know, I'm just like on the plane and I'm drinking and I'm eating and I'm watching a movie and it's like the best. And then and I was like, I literally spat out my coffee and I was like, that is Roxy's fucking dad. You know, and like he's saying this and Roxy's just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so normal. It's so, this. normal. it's so normal. And then he lands like, shit, I'm here. Shit. 
I could just see you like on the plane to like Cambridge or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And like champagne, please. <laughs> My dad, yeah. honestly, I mean, you, you've hung out with him when oh, he, he's visited he's before. The best. He's literally like my dad. Uh, he, he really controlled himself for his uh, interview. interview. <laughs> like he is not like when he's loose. You yeah. Because he talks about the mask. Right. Yeah. And even in this interview, it's hard for him to shed that because he's mm. never been on a public platform speaking like this before. Yeah. But usually it's like if he ever comes to visit in the U.S., like all my guy friends who never hang out with yes. me on the normal basis totally. would all flock if they Everyone. know Michael She is in yeah. town. They're like, are we going to karaoke? Yeah. Are we going to karaoke? What are we going to do? Yeah. And then, and then my dad would bring like the best scotch, the yes. best whiskey and like be like, okay, all y'all drink all of it. Yes. Let me teach you how to drink a proper martini. Like, And I think yeah. like. You know, I was talking to two of my best friends and um, both of them have fathers who have left mm. and both of them grew up without a father and they were joking with me one night and they were like, cheers to Priscilla who shows us that a healthy Asian father who cares about you is possible. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, like I felt so bad. But like, I think like you even saying that all of your friends wanted to come hang out with your dad, his presence can be healing in a way because not everybody is privileged to have a father no. like yours. No, you know? my father is literally like the most amazing person I've ever met. Like he's really incredible. And I like you, when you were talking about thinking about the day they might leave. Yeah. I can't even bring myself to think that th- thought at all. Yeah. You know, but it right now sick. you are so right about and what your dad said that just keeps sticking with me is appreciating yeah. every moment, milking out every moment in the present we have with the people we love. Yeah. You know, and being able to encapsulate his voice, his interview, even if it's not what I expected, because <laughs> I expected my dad to like say a bunch of cuss words and drink a bunch of whiskey <laughs> with he, me. He was like, my career is important. It was so funny because like I, t- I texted you that photo because yeah. like we did a Google chat and then like my dad wasn't even looking at me at all the entire He was facing away from me. He was scared. He was, <laughs> he was scared. And I think I think because he's an avid listener of Two Horny Goats, <laughs> I think that he wanted to show up. You know what I mean? And I think it was funny because you were saying, and you you might have already covered this but right i think you you were saying he was saying roxy thank you for asking me questions that helped me talk about my career yeah. <laughs> right he's yeah. like you really got it out i was of like me. i never <laughs> asked you about your career dad you chose to talk about your career but that shows so much of what he yeah. deems valuable yeah you know and i know that like um before we did the interview i said um dad mm-hmm. the one thing i ask of you is to be honest. Yeah. And he's like, that's hard. <laughs> it is though. Yeah. But how true is that? It's hard. How much in life are you faking, yo? Yeah. You know? It's so true. And I think, you know, Abe was, you know, I was like debriefing with Abe after because, uh, you know, I think after both of our interviews, we we had a lot of feelings, you and I, right? Yes. And, and I think that's why we kind of, we each produced our own episode yeah. of, of, you know. It's Rock so personal. Dinners. Yeah. It's so personal, right? And we have so much we want to say. Um, but I will say, like, I think I was afraid that my dad would be very pastory. And in some he ways. Was, no, he didn't come off that way. Yeah, but Abe's like your dad, Roxy's dad, your dad, they know how to speak to people. That's They're what's both clear. leaders. They're yeah. both leaders. They're both good speakers. They both know how to uh, ex- express themselves clearly, concisely, and tell stories and, and whatnot, right? And they're both engaging and charismatic in that way. Um, but I was really struck when my dad 
you know, because I, I grew up with him. I t- talked about it in the interview, but it's like he wore one suit every weekend. It was either for a wedding, a funeral, or preaching, you know. Um, and he was Pastor Timothy. And I would get out of a lot of being in trouble because I was like, um, my dad is Pastor Timothy yeah, Lian, yeah. so don't fuck with me. <laughs> but the fact that he talked about managing his ego as a man doing this occupation of pastor, for me, that like hit me so hard because I was like thank you I knew and I know and he never he never like put himself on to be something more than he was but just even hearing him helped me work out a lot of the issues that I've had with just generally pastors in my life you know what I mean like church leaders I've dealt with we are seriously remnants (laughs) of a fantastic legacy yeah you're right Prisca this was such a great exercise slash episode to do because it really allows us to examine our personal history that's currently existing in our lineage. And can you imagine showing this to your grandchildren one day? Yeah. Like, you know, sitting around, you're in your rocking chair and you're like, hello, I'm Grandma Roxy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm Grandma Roxy, bitch. Yeah, I'm Grandma Roxy, bitch. (laughs) Grabbing my tequila. tequila. And you're like, this is an MP3 player. (laughs) (laughs) And no, we'll still be potting at that point. We'll be potting, yeah. (laughs) But you're going to be able to play this for your grandkids. They're going to be able to play it for their grandkids. It, it, It will live on. Like... Even if we're not fortunate enough, like for my father to ever meet my 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 grandkids, right? They will have a piece of him that is so alive, and I think. Um, I was talking to my old neighbor John, who is a linguist, um, one of my best friends. He kept telling me, like, I would tell him story because he basically was collecting stories about being bilingual, right? Yeah. That was kind of he was doing this huge project at UCLA, um, and he was like record these conversations with your parents. And he told me that eight years ago, and I obviously didn't listen till this week. But <laughs> it was like, he's like, record these conversations with your parents because the way we speak to our parents is linguistically just so intriguing because we are code switching. We are mixing language. We are switching between language, right? And also, the way your parents' voice sounds, mm-hmm. like you will never be able to recreate that when they're gone. You know what I'm saying? Okay, fine, Prisca. We'll do an episode <laughs> with our moms. I know. Oh I know. Roxy and I are very daunted. This might not happen until season three to do an interview <laughs> with our moms. We need some time to get there. I think we need some therapy. Yeah. I think we need some counseling. We also need to emotionally yes, prepare ourselves. I'm going to double up my hours with my life coach because the criticism will fly. It's like, are we talking about them or are they going to be talking about us? Shit. Are we ready? But you know what we can guarantee is an episode where we lay naked we in front of you and get stabbed vulnerable. a million times. Yes. Uh, but you know, I hope that these conversations with our dads, all I hope that it does is I hope it inspires you to go take your it, and equipment is not the issue. Go bring your phone, use your voice notes app, I've also recorded some conversations with my aunts just over lunch, you know, and um, and some of my aunts have passed on now and going through some of those voice notes on my phone. They're so valuable. So just go record, you know, get consent. You want to get consent in order to record somebody right? you need to let them know, like, don't like, you know, don't spring it on them. But 
record these conversations. Have a list of five questions for your parents or, or for your loved ones or your grandparents. Um, and, and just talk to them for 20 minutes. I just had a really selfish thought. What? I was like, when I die one day. <laughs> Are we talking about our funeral? People can just talk about, we could play our <laughs> episodes of uh, orgasms. <laughs> Like after and sex toys, amazing grace, the orgasm cap. <laughs> no, females need so to true. orgasm more. How it's so sweet. true. Like if we no, but the going off of that, it's like we have the resources, we have the tools. Yeah. Do it now, and yeah. don't wait yeah. until it's too late. Capture those moments, y'all, because you never know how much time you have with someone. You know, and and that's why I think this interview process has been really humbling mm-hmm. and inspiring, and I think. You know, I got a couple, I got an email from my dad the day I got, I have to just, he just, I think I sent you the, the email, right? You didn't send me the email, but you did brief me about it. You know, he was talking to my sister about how honored he felt. And I think you guys, like, you have to know your parents are going to appreciate being talked to, you know? And even if it's not a formal interview, just to sit them down and hear what they have to say and maybe hear things that you quote unquote knew, but it unfurls in a way that you weren't expecting. There's this photo of my parents and it's when they were dating and they didn't date super long. So it was like a a pretty rare photo. It was a photo of them dating and it's been in our living room and they look so stoic and they look very pretty. It's this photo. And I was going through a box of kind of those B-roll photos, you know, um, where it wasn't good enough to put in a frame. I was looking through a box of them um, from my grandmother's house, and I found the photo that must have been taken right after the Mm. photo that I grew up with. Mm. And in it, my dad is tickling my mom, and my mom is tickling him back. And all of a sudden, this very stoic image that I had held in my head for, for 25 years at that point switched. And suddenly they became these giggling early 20s excited to get married um goofy human beings these 3d like weirdos that i can relate to much more than this stoic representation and i think that that's a decent metaphor for what we've done we have these understandings these um we know the general story of our parents lives um we know when they came to the u.s we know maybe what school they went to we know um that they worked really hard um but in talking to them and breaking that open you're seeing not just the snapshot itself but what came before and what came after and we're like filling in what happened in between the plot points thank you yes Thank you. Yes, 100%. And there's always more to discover, too. So yeah. I think at the end of this, just to encapsulate everything, is that this gave me a much deeper appreciation for what I have. Yeah. And I know that me and Prisca are considered very lucky. Um, but we hope that whatever scenario, situation you find yourself in, that you could also find grace and appreciation as well. Yeah. Whoever your parents or, you know, uh whoever you know takes the form of your parents maybe yeah you know like um nothing lasts forever nothing lasts forever and okay so i'll just read this quick email it's very short but the subject line is thanks (laughs) (laughs) i love that um and it says dear priscilla it was very nice to have priscilla It was very nice to have such a long talk with you. Aww. Hope I did not talk too much and too boring. Aww. Love you, <laughs> Dad. <laughs> oh my! Oh, so much is in that short so much. email. Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh my gosh, he loves you so much. He's so sweet. That's so beautiful. I yeah. Uh. Ugh, okay. Ah, all right. Cool. Ah, Anyways, ah. on that note, uh, we're going to transition quickly. <laughs> if you all have any stories you want to share with us regarding your dads please. as well, please yeah. hit us up on Instagram yeah. or email us at hello at twohornygoats.com. Get at us. Get at us. All right. And now we're going to transition into our new special section. Let's speak Taiwanese. Lai Gong Dai Gi. Lai Gong Dai Gi. Amazing. Great job, Riska. <laughs> 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 it's hard because you can't write it down. You can't. Yeah, it's like. Not really fun. You have to learn it phonetically. phonetically. Yeah. But there's so many tones. There's so eight. Yeah. There's Instead of four. So many. It's In Mandarin, a scale. there's four or it's five. It's a full scale. Yeah, it's like eight in, in oh Hokkien. Oh my gosh. You yeah. got this, though. Uh, I believe okay. in you. Lai Our goal is. Lai Gi. Uh, no? <laughs> Wait, say it again. Oh, wait. Lai, no? Lai gong. Lai gong. Dai gi. Dai gi. There you go. Lai gong. Dai gi. Yeah, okay. dai gi is Taiwanese. So um, our job is to get Prisca fluent by the end of the year. Okay, yeah, it's <laughs> definitely going to happen. <laughs> so just a really quick uh, recap. So Hokkien is a dying dialect in Taiwan. Yeah. And uh, we just want to be able to bring this back to bring us back to our roots. Yeah. And also be able to hopefully spread more interest and knowledge with Taiwanese Hokkien. And we're keeping it alive. Yes. We're keeping, we're practicing what we preach. We are keeping it alive. We're doing everything we can to create legacy on this yes, podcast uh, it's and like preserve Tinkerbell. it. It's like Tinkerbell. We got to, we got to clap to let her know that we believe in her. Yes. Yes. And right? We believe in We the believe. Ex- we believe. <laughs> we believe. Are you ready for our phrase this week? Hit me with it. So the phrase this week is called Obegong. Obegong. Perfect. <laughs> now Obegong translates to Mandarin as Hei Bai Hua. Or, hey bai hua. Yeah, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Hey bai jiang or whatever. Hey bai jiang. <laughs> oh, bai gong. So yeah. Black white talk. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> what does black white talk mean to you? Black white talk. I I don't know. I've never heard that phrase. If so, you were to just take it as uh, it is. All I hear is like one of those jokes, like what's black, wh- white, red all over? And it's like the <laughs> newspaper or a zebra it's, with r- like roller skates. It sounds like a, like a riddle. Yeah, it's totally. It sounds like a riddle. <laughs> Or, or like a, yeah, it's just like a setup for a joke. Black, white talk. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the meaning behind Obegong is, I would say, the Obegong, which is your black, white talk or me, black, white talk. Uh. Basically, it means you're bullshitting. <gasps> so black and oh, white, right? Yeah. Are you black or are you white? Yeah. I mean, we're yellow, but still. Right. It's like, what is your it's opinion? Like hot or cold. Yes. Yeah. What is your stance on things? Because you're talking one thing, Ooh. then you're talking <gasps> the other. It's like the Republican. Yes. <laughs> Not Republican people, but like GOP. Party. So savage. Yeah. yeah sorry. <laughs> no, it's all right. We got a third no, in there. Okay. Uh, Ted uh, Cruz went to Cancun. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we, so casual. Yeah, no big good deal. job, Ted yeah, Cruz. Good job, Ted Cruz. You what asshat. a great dad. Dad of the year. Such an ass. I love how he threw his children under the bus. That yeah. was great. Anyway, yeah. Black, white talk. Got he, it. Ope kong. Ope kong. Ope kong. Yes, yes. Yes. So yeah. it's like sometimes when you're just hearing someone like, you know, giving you bullshit, you yes. know, or like coming up with a petty excuse usually you'll say oh leo be gong calling them out yeah like oh, you're Lee just is me right yeah okay so leo you, be gong. yeah oh oh that hurt girl yeah yeah leo be gong. <laughs> <laughs> so it's you know at first we were thinking about like what phrases we want to teach on yeah. this segment and my mom was like how about take care <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know that my least favorite um phrase is take care really why is um, it so much pressure <laughs> it's um 
actually Sheldon said take care to me once and I got mad at him. Why? I was like, don't say t- don't say that to me. It just seems so like um like take care like so distant like oh, oh you take care of yourself i'm not like, gonna you know check I mean? in on you yeah like live your good yeah, like yeah, live yeah. your life take care yeah. i don't give a fuck and i get it people don't mean it that way but i personally don't like um that phrase take care what do i say to you oh bye booby <laughs> Bye, BB. I, I love you, BB. Yeah, I love you, BB. Yeah. Wait, what do I say to you? You're just like, don't leave. <laughs> I know. I'm like, you guys, I'm Velcro. If you come over, I will not let you leave. Roxy's like, I'm going to leave at 6 p.m. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, okay. It was like, it was funny. She was like, yeah, this recording session is only going to take 45 minutes tops for both episodes. <laughs> Two hours later. Yeah. Literally, I cannot get enough of Roxy. Um, but yeah, I never say take care. But okay, ope gong. Great. Okay. Don't say that to your mother. Oh. But you should use oh. it to. Impress- no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We should use it in our mom's house. gong. We should make t-shirts. Yes. <laughs> yes, we should. Yeah, oh, we keep talking about these t-shirts. Don't worry, guys. I mean, y'all. Connie Yen. <laughs> Merch uh, is coming. Email is coming to you. Connie Yen. Uh, we're going to make that happen. Um, yeah. But Roxy, thank you for teaching us Taiwanese. You got um, it. I, I think I am on track to be fluent. You know? I know like two <laughs> phrases. I'm ready. What was the first one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, hello, how are you? Yeah. You bullshit. <laughs> Hi, Mama Ha. Oh my God! No, I would, yeah, die. Michael, you would I would die. die. It's like, oh, so impressed. Yeah. Oh, you care about me. Yeah. Oh, you're calling me out on my bullshit. <laughs> well, at my funeral, if you ask, like, oh, what were, were her, what were her last words? And it was like, oh, it's Ope Gong. Like, I get why she died. I get why Michelle Yang had to kill her. <laughs> so you're welcome, y'all. She, for- didn't, she didn't do anything physically. It, she killed me with one glare. <laughs> That is so relatable. Yeah. Every Asian woman knows what that feels <laughs> yes. like. Every Asian Every daughter single. knows what that oh, feels yeah. like. Oh, yeah. Whether you cut the cucumbers wrong or you didn't um, drain the Napa cabbage correctly. You yeah. Know, it, yeah. Anything you didn't drain it, drain it co- correctly, but you swore you did. And then your yeah. mother says, Leo Pico. Yeah, Leo <laughs> That's Then why, the, why are the dumplings soggy? Huh? Why are the dumplings soggy? I'm not speaking. Yeah, that is from personal experience. <laughs> Anyways, it's let fine. us know if you want to learn more Taiwanese yes. or prefer tarot readings. We're here for you. Comment or let us know. We're so happy to be here. And thank you all for joining us yeah, on our special dad's us. episodes. And have a horny week. Our lovely goatees. And remember, stay horny. This podcast is hosted by Roxy and Prisca, music by Abraham Kim, engineered by Abraham at the Shire Studios, artwork by Connie Yen. Please visit us at twohornygoats.com. Have thoughts or questions? Email us at hello at twohornygoats.com. Bye. Bye. Bye, booby. Bye, Ending, you'd come over, right? You'd come over and you'd stay the night. Would you love me for the hell of it? All our fears.
You'd come over, you'd come over, you'd come over 